You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show on 710-KURV. Here's Sergio. We have some family in the studio. Orlando Salinas. Anything for Salinas, my friend. is in the studio with Choose to Change, along with Tim Brown from Rick Brown Funeral Homes. All right, let's start with you, Arlie. Choose to Change, this ministry you've been doing for several years. What is that, my brother? Well, thank you for having me, Serge. I really appreciate you giving me this time. So the Choose to Change organization or foundation is a 501c3 Christian-based organization. We uh, offer a transitional reentry program to help individuals that are coming out of prison and rehab centers. How many people are you able to, you know, lack of a better word, save? Well, I tell you, not everybody wants to get saved. <laughs> not everybody wants to change. Yeah. So we help those who want to change. A lot of times people are coming out of prison and rehab centers. Yeah. And uh, now the tra- that transition between prison or rehab into the real world, if you may, is the challenge for most individuals. And that's what where we come in. Are you at We're- the halfway house um, stage of coming back to society where they come and see you at? I'm after the halfway After house. the halfway when yeah. In other words, when the real stuff comes in. They're when back they in the pool. There you sink go. Sink or swim. And that's the yeah. hardest thing for many, many individuals. You know, so, uh, and, and, and it, so then we're there. That's yeah. what we're there for. We're a faith-based organization, and, um, and we offer a, a relationship-based transitional solution uh, for, uh, to co- come back into society. What and there's, you- very ch- there's several challenges from yeah. jobs to place to stay, uh, vehicles, uh, transportation, and all those things we touch on. We don't, we're still not there yet, yeah. but we, we, we help. You don't provide that. But I don't you, provide you- that. I just provide guidance and uh, mentorship and, and uh, education about how to Live now you've been sober. How you've been doing stay this sober? for for many many years? Yes, well, I've been doing this for the last ten years, and the reason I know Already? exactly what it takes yeah. is because that's what I did. Yeah. I walked out of prison twenty years ago, and uh, and uh, I was able to um, uh, not only build my own business and, and provide for my family, but um, also become successful in what I do. And today I live my life to help others to do the same Orlando, after prison and, and rehab. Orlando Salinas in the studio. Uh, he is with Choose to Change Ministry, hoping to provide some guidance for men who leave state prison, leave prison, and, man, they have no idea how to get back into mm-hmm. the, the game and be responsible. So he provides from A to Z a, a lot of counseling for these men through ministry. Mentoring, uh, not men- counseling. Mentoring through Christian ministry. That's correct. To get these men uh, back out into society, be That's responsible, correct. take care of business. Percentage-wise, and you, you showed me a number a long time ago mm-hmm. and probably the same today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, wish, I wish I could say that half the men go back on the straight and narrow, mm-hmm. but it's not that. It is a, well, like what, 15, 20 percent muscle Yes, mental? it's a very low rate, and most rehab centers or, uh, wouldn't tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the reality. And I talk to a lot of uh, desperate, crying mothers and uh, hot wives and uh, it's very heartbreaking to explain to them how it all works and how rehab works and how changing your life works. And uh, that w- basically what they have to do is that let them go. Mm-hmm. And everybody has to make their the own decisions. And, and once they reach that point, what we call the rock bottom point mm-hmm. of their life, now we're ready to make some changes. So that's how it works. Yeah, they have to choose to change. There you go. That's dude, the name. Dude, I, I got to ask you. <laughs> I know what it is. What was rock bottom for you? 
Well, uh, for me, it was uh, when I robbed the store for one more hit on my daughter's fourth birthday on January 18, 1997. I remember it like it was yesterday when I was so lost, so out of control, so uh, what I call a loser drug addict, a loser father, a loser son. And I thought my life could not change. I really thought that. And I remember just wanting to kill my worthless self. And um, uh, but I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I made a choice to change. Because one thing is giving your life to God. The other thing is to change. And uh, that's what I teach, how to do that, because I've learned it in the last 26 years. It was a robbery uh, for a final hit, and one more hit, not final, one more hit. (laughs) That's that's a good point. Your your addiction. Yeah, addiction is a monster. It's wicked. It's a monster. It was the phone call. On your baby's birthday, it was that phone call. Yeah, it was that phone call. I remember I I called my wife. It was uh, 5 o'clock that afternoon. I didn't want to make that phone call. And uh, and um, at 5 o'clock that afternoon, I remember it, and I said, uh, babe, I'm not coming home anymore. <laughs> I really messed up. Yeah. And the next thing I heard was my little girl, my four years old. She, she said, daddy, daddy, today was my birthday, and you weren't here. Are you coming now? And listen, Sergio, I tell you, I, I already wanted to kill my worthless self, but that day... That day, man, my whole world came crumbling down on me, and there was nothing I could do. I tell people all over the world when I share my story, I don't know what it's going to take for you, but this is what it took for me. That change, that, 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 that God-sent situation, believe it or not, and I was able to, 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 to change my life. Yeah. And that's what I help people do now, today. People that think that their life can't change, I help them today. Well. You chose to change. You surrendered your entire will to the Almighty. That's said, correct. Lord, take over. Mm-hmm. You take over. Don't let me do anything yeah. more. And so yeah. for 10 years now, he's been working Choose to Change Ministry, Orlando Salinas, in the studio, hoping to steer, guide men in a direction of, when they leave prison, try to get back into society. And let me say one more thing. Um, and we're having our second annual mm-hmm. Believing in the Impossible uh, auction dinner fundraiser event. This is September 12th. And the reason I'm pointing it out is because this would be a perfect time for anybody that may be interested or maybe we catch somebody's attention on what, what I do. This is a perfect time to come see what I do because we have a little video and we, and we, and we, we sh- we're going to share everything we do and, and what we've done in the last couple of years, how Choose a Change started. Last year was a great year. Uh, we were able to raise a little bit of money. And this year it's going to be, it's, it's, it's starting to shape up to be a, uh, a really good year. And in fact, we have one of our sponsors here with us. Yeah, Tim Brown is in studio with the Rick Brown Funeral Home. Uh, for me, uh, Tim and his crew are my extended family. Uh, when, when my folks, my dad 10 years ago, my mom recently in December, when the Lord called them home, um, uh, Tim and company, they were there for my family. And thank you again. Uh, uh, thank for you for all, trusting all us, Sergio. Beautiful people there at, uh, at Rick Brown. Okay, pal. So how, what is an upstanding citizen like you doing with a guy like Orly? Well, you know, I think you said it well. Um, Orlando and I couldn't be more different. We couldn't have d- more different backgrounds. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I met Orlando probably about 12 years ago, and he's been doing Choose to Change for about 10 years. You know, when he first brought it to my attention, 
it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me um, <laughs> because the truth of the matter is I know nothing about the background. But, you know, one of the things that Orlando pointed out to me was one of the biggest issues that we have in society is fatherlessness. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's easy to see. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that that's a big issue. One of the things that I've noticed by being involved with Orlando and, and watching him through this choose to change and supporting him through this process is so often this is a generational thing. My dad was in prison. I'm in prison. And most likely my kid's going to be in prison. Yeah. So what Orlando's doing by mentoring these men has, has very little to do with today. It's changing the future for these families. Yep. Not, just, not just today, but, you know, these, these men that, that are coming out of prison and they're, they're hopeless. They're helpless. They have no idea where to go. All they know is they can't get a job anywhere because they're a felon. They can't seem to find a place to live. They've yeah. got a broken family, yes. yet they have, a, they have someone like Orlando that they can look at and say, this man made it out of the same trap I'm stuck in. And so to be able to see that and then to be able to see proven results, I can't even tell you, Sergio, the number of men that I know that have gone through this program living successful lives now. Some are ministers. Some are you know, just doing businessmen. Some yeah. are business owners. Matter of fact, one of them worked for me for a good long time, one of the best employees I ever had. Now he's off doing bigger and better things. But awesome. It really is amazing to see. And when I realize that we're changing not only today, but we're changing the future. We're changing the Rio Grande Valley through Choose to Change. It really was something I wanted to be part of, and, and I've been happy to be part of it for nearly 10 years now. Yeah. Well, I, well, hanging on the cross, I'm thinking of Christ. He had you know, one grateful, one ingrate there. There you go. But the metrics are even worse when it comes to the reality. I mean, you look at the 10, <laughs> ten lepers, only one came back to, there you to go. say thanks. That's a good but, point. But once, once you get it, once, no, once the Lord gets you, once he gets you, once you realize you do need a Savior, that you cannot depend on your own strength and will, that so much has been paid to bring you out of eternal darkness and mm-hmm. damnation and to give you a path toward eternal life and, and, and happiness and joy for all. When you realize that the, and you get it, uh, you'll never let it go. Nope. And that's why you're working with that 10, 15. 15, 20% ratio. That's correct. Because those are the dudes who get it, and, but they still need a little bit of of guidance when it comes to the hard stuff that can tend to be very confused. Job acquisition, cars, a bed, you know, all those things because they're the rejects in society. And yeah, and just learning to live on. sober yeah. and living with no drugs is a challenge. And so then that, that's where we come in. Mm-hmm. So. Do you steer them to other guidance? Uh, yes, other? well, we provide three basic programs. Uh, our 90-day reentry transitional program, which is uh, at our church. I have it. Uh, that mentoring class uh, program is every day, every Thursday. I'm there every Thursday, every Thursday, 7 p.m., every Thursday. And then we do our uh, tr- uh, transitional reentry seminars in prison. In other words, before they get out of prison, I go into prisons and, and share of what I can help them with, teach them a few tools and resources or, or um, spiritual tools and, and guidance to help right. them when they get out. And then we, we do what we call the Choose to Change Prison Invasion, where we bring in the gospel of Jesus Christ with a group of people from church, and we go into the prison, and we invade the, the prison with testimonials, and, and then I share my story. And again, I offer them the, uh, our, our, our program here in our local area when they get out. What a beautiful calling. My goodness. It's part of the uh, that commission that you break it down, right? It's um, the orphan, the widow, the naked, the mm-hmm. hungry, those 
Don't forget those in prison. Yep, those well. in prison. God, God bless you, brother. The least, the least of these. Absolutely. Thanks for what you do. Again, the fundraiser coming up soon. Tell me all yeah, about it. Yeah, September 12th at, uh, at 7 p.m. at the Door Church. And yeah. uh, we are... Um, that's on uh, McCall, right? That's on McCall. Okay, big church. So we're, lo- McCall. We're, we're looking for, for sponsors. Okay. Sponsors to, to, to help us out. It's a dinner uh, auction, um, a dinner uh, event. We're going to have a little bit of entertainment, a video... And uh, and Tim is one of our sponsors, which mm-hmm. is why I... Thanks I for supporting yeah. uh, these efforts, Tim. Yeah, Why are you so sold on Choose the Change? Well, because I've seen the results. Okay. Um, and, you know, Sergio, anything that you do takes money. And, and to run an organization the size of Choose to Change, it takes some money. And so Orlando can't do this by himself. We need the community to help. You know, I... We have proven results right here in the Rio Grande Valley, and so I'd love to see people come out, support this organization. You know, open up your checkbook. You're making a difference. You're you're bringing back families yes, together, absolutely. and so um, any chance that you have to be there, any chance you have to support this organization, it's a good cause, and I'm happy to do it because I know it's a good cause. You know, all of us all of us are tight with our money. Nobody wants to let go hmm. of that money. But at the end of the day, if you see something that's worthwhile, which I see in Choose to Change Foundation. I think you should should yeah, well, let you, some go. You want to see way. some value in, in yeah. what you you know put your money it's in. Exactly, into, yeah. exactly right. right. Again, the date, the, the location, the time and Sep- website, all that stuff for people to contact September you. September okay. 12th. September 12th. Um uh at the door church on McCall. on McCall. You can go to our website which is choose to change foundation.com. Choose to change foundation.com and that two is not a number two it's T.O. And, uh, and, and let me give you my number. I'll give you those of those people that are listening right now. Here's my number, my direct line, 956-279-6131. Let me repeat it, 956-279-6131. If you can call me, I can tell you a lot more. Of course, we're limited with time here, but there's so much going on that I can tell you about yeah, and have. and uh, and uh, and the things that are we're doing. We're still about five six weeks away. Come back again, brother, please, uh, before the event. Hopefully, you'll sell out. <laughs> you won't you won't need to come back, but come come and see me in a few weeks. Uh, we can talk about it again. Here yeah, well, soon, so okay? it's already six weeks away. So yeah. so hopefully, maybe in the next three weeks, halfway. Uh, there, I'll come back okay. and come and, back and, and, and tell you, we'll give make, you a, re- a good report. There we go. Make, make some more. And Tim, thanks for stopping by. Brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate Tim, you, Sergio. Tim Brown, uh, on behalf uh, of his friend Orlando Salinas, my friend Orlando Salinas. Uh, Tim Brown is with Rick Brown uh, Funeral Home again. The fundraiser September twelfth at the door, big church on McCall. Choose to change foundation dot com. Choose to change foundation dot com. This is the Sergio Show. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. Going to focus on our funny right now. Author of Saturday Every Day Nine Simple Steps to Live Your Best Financial Life. 
Mike Cruz joining us right now. How you doing, Mike? Hey, doing great. What an intro. Thanks. Want to check with you the do's and don'ts of borrowing against assets. Now, I know some people might be hard-pressed for some cash for get some extra cash for projects or maybe operation or maybe I don't know maybe they're like deep deep in debt and credit card debt all that all those crazy interest rates all that money that that they're losing so you got home equity right one but you also have potential access to your retirement accounts I'd go home equity first right yeah it's a, it's a great question and it you know it's one of the things that um, I hear time and time again, kind of the mantra of the 401k is borrow from yourself, pay yourself back. And I think that kind of overshadows what's really happening financially. Um, the 401ks pretty much should be your last resort to go uh, get. It's usually the easiest, it's the most convenient, and that's why it's usually the most expensive. Mm-hmm. For example, if, if you know, you can kind of think of it as a loan where the interest rate's based on the market. So year to date, if you had borrowed from your 401k, the S&P 500 this year to date is up 18%. So, you know, in, in essence, you just got a loan that cost you 18% in interest. Uh, the second part of the 401k loan is that when you are paying back the interest, you're paying it back with after-tax dollars. So you've already t- paid tax on that money. And then when you take it out in retirement, you pay tax again. So there's a double taxation of the interest paid in the 401k. It's not my favorite instrument, but mm-hmm. I know um, a lot of people think of it as borrow from yourself, pay yourself back, and it's just not that simple. Um, the other side of it is when you look at the equity loans, uh, when you're, you know, you go to borrow additional assets, um, you know, you gotta be careful there because, you know, it, it, sometimes it makes sense. But if you're taking credit card debt that you have, which is unsecured debt, mm-hmm. and then you're going to secure it against your mortgage, you know, you're basically, um, you know, now putting yourself, you know, potential risk of losing your home if things get worse. Um, you know, the advice there would be, you know, just continue to use the credit cards. If you can't pay the credit cards, work with them, make the payment, but don't go make the problem worse worse by making moving unsecured debt to secured debt with your home. Man, how I wish that at the lending desk at financial institutions, they would require individuals, families or individuals that are deep in debt and credit card, they would require that they they go take a course in money management or discipline. And look, if they don't stop spending on the credit card, if they don't stop acquiring more credit cards, and then they they settle all this debt on the equity weight and value of their home, they're going to wind up losing their home. It's lack of discipline. They, they need to stop spending like now, and nobody's and nobody's intervening and in stopping that bad behavior that is practiced by millions of people across this country. Well, yeah, and, and I got to tell you, it's not just people that are you know racking up credit card debt. This is the the hardworking American. Thirty seven percent have basically said that they're dipping into their retirement savings to make ends meet. Um, you know, and, and basically people grow accustomed to their current lifestyle. They travel, they take pretty extravagant vacations. If you look out on the street, you see, you know, $100,000 vehicles, you know, left and right. That's crazy. Um, That's and so crazy. what we have to look at is our lifestyle yeah. and back up and say, pay yourself first, take a percentage of your income, put that away into savings, build an emergency fund, get on a solid financial footing first. And then what's remaining, that should drive your lifestyle. And, you know, today, 
Um, you know, too bad that the lifestyles are kind of creeping up. Inflation after 40 years of not being an issue is now an issue. And uh, people aren't willing to make the sacrifices back off the lifestyle. And that's really the only answer there is to, to learn to live on what you're making and pay yourself yeah. before you even start the budgeting. Well, year to year, we're now closer to about 3% inflation. Hopefully, that will keep going down. Are you hopeful that maybe all this crazy spending on credit cards that has been taking place in order to keep up or continue the lifestyle, the comfortable lifestyle with all the perks that that people are, are still spending on? Maybe Are you hopeful that maybe that will uh, come back down or come into somewhat some type of control as a result of inflation going down. Yeah, I'm always optimistic, but let's face it, it's a behavioral issue, not a financial issue. And so, you know, the discipline of saving first, then, you know, outlining the budget and living on what you're making, regardless of what the amount is and making sacrifices, looking for ways to cut costs, um, you know, and budget and be more frugal that's really the only answer. Credit cards are only compounding the problem. And so again, it's a behavioral issue. If you can't pay off the credit card that month, you know, don't use credit cards for credit. Use credit cards for convenience only. Um, and, and it's the discipline of making sure that you do that month in, month out. Pleasure speaking with you, Mike. You be safe, brother. Look for his book. All right. Saturday, every day, nine simple steps to live your best financial life. Mike Cruz. This is The Sergio Show. your day with news and interviews important to you with the Valley's Morning News. Weekday morning starting at 6. Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan bring you the latest headlines and hourly discussions with AccuWeather to get you ready for your day and special guest interviews on topics that affect you and your family. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, guys. We're listening to enjoy the show. It's what you need to start your day. The Valley's Morning News with Sergio Sanchez and Tim Sullivan. Weekday morning starting at 6 on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. Call my friend Tim Snyder from MatadorEconomics.com. Tim, welcome back to the program. The So the federal report on job creation, lower than expected and revised down. But this is a contradiction from just a few days back on the, the private ADP report, right? That showed 300,000 plus. Yeah, yeah. So what do you make of all these numbers? Um, there's confusion in the marketplace. <laughs> It's the only thing we can say. The issue that we're dealing with here is that, you know, of course, the government numbers go into a little bit deeper, a deeper dive than what ADP does. ADP looks at just the job openings and, and really kind of what they're looking at. And their numbers are still very bullish. Uh, it happened last month as well, Sergio. Um, this month, however, we've got some things on the inside of this jobs report that kind of tell us a little bit more. And that is that from the standpoint of <clears throat> if you want to know a growing economy, you don't want the government to be the biggest factor in growth well the government once again this month these last two months has been the biggest employer and that's that's an issue that is some some concern the uh, labor force participation rate which is the just the percentage of people that are act that are able to work are actually working um was at 62.6 percent that's kind of that's where it's been stuck for for quite some time now here's the issue that may make a make a little bit of a difference and make a uh, you, you know, as versus the discussion we had last week on Friday mm -hmm. about yellow truck lines, 
Um, you know, we, we're starting to see a little bit of a squeeze in margins. Prices are starting to come up. Look at what gasoline and, and uh, diesel prices have done over the last week. Hmm. And then look at <clears throat> wages only were up four-tenths of 1% month over month and lying 4.4% year over year. This could create some more tension from the from a labor union standpoint, from people wanting more money because they're getting squeezed a little bit tighter. And then when you see, you know, companies like Yellow go out of business and, you know, furlough 30,000 people, which has not hit yeah. the market and won't hit the market for two more months, um, we've we got things that we've got to be real careful about. Tim Snyder, ManadorEconomics.com. I'm glad that you mentioned Yellow, the truck lines, the, the shipping company, that, of course, T-boned everyone. We were not expecting that. These poor folks who worked there, 30-plus thousand people out of a job, uh, they, they were ha- working happy on Friday. And then they come back Monday and say, we're closed, people. That's it. Go look for another job. Is And I don't think anybody's followed up on this to ask, are there other truck uh, shipping lines, other truck companies that are also in trouble? Because they made reference to this multi-hundred million dollar plus loan that these people had to pay back. Are there other trucking firms that are also in trouble that we need to pay attention to? You know, there's a lot of a lot of it and there's there's these little bitty pockets that that we're just starting to hear that that could add up to a pr- pretty major problem and, and we need to be careful of that so um yes there are uh issues that could come up i will tell you this <clears throat> excuse me the uh the um you know when you look at the at the uh, just the where the labor unions stand and and what they're doing um you know this 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 is one of those areas that we have to be real careful um, the Federal Reserve, this should take the Fed a little bit off of their desire to have one more increase in the discount rate. Um, that would probably be uh, better for the economy overall if we just kind of took a little bit of a pause because this continued, you know, jump in one year, just 12 months. We went from 1.75% on the discount rate to 5.5%. Huge jump. And that means we're going to be replacing, and now that is a year, we're going to be replacing um, we're going to be replacing coupons or or bond payments at 1.75 percent. Mm-hmm. Now we have to pay 5.5 percent, and the percentage of what the the interest that has to be paid increases, and that's going to be problematic in the economy as well. Tim Snyder, MatadorEconomics.com, looking at labor report from today. Gas prices going up, and the price chasm between regular gas and diesel. Is it beginning to increase? Because I was surprised, and that was one of our conversations several weeks back. I, I told you how surprised I was that diesel seemed to be closer, much, much closer on par with the price of gasoline. Still north of gasoline. It always is, it seems. But it was much closer, and you told me it was like seasonal things and production things. But where is it right now? Where is diesel where you know it will affect uh, trucking lines, uh, firms, truckers, all those? Where are we on, on diesel right now? Um. It stinks. I mean, we're for for <laughs> the most part, we're at the um, at you know diesel. Of course, is is probably thirty cents higher per gallon now than what it was than than gasoline, the basic blend stock for gasoline. So we need to watch these. Let me give you a quick comparison. I keep it on a watch list on my uh, uh, in the uh, in a program here. And if we if we scroll back and look, um, I can tell you that. Uh, diesel ULSD 304.15 on this is the this is the wholesale level okay the most basic rate 304.15 
for diesel 277. So we're almost well 30 cents higher uh, in in diesel than we are gasoline. Now, while part of that should be seasonal, uh, the issue that we're dealing with here is they're both going up at alarming rates, and this is something that we have to watch because it's reigniting inflation. Yeah. Yeah, so much for the 3% year-to-year. What do you think we might be? If we yes, continue sir. this increase, uh, ga- regular gas and people driving, of course, and airlines having to pay all that, I guess the well, forget airlines. I'm going to back the truck on that one because I know they contract in uh, for the long term. I, I don't know where they, they might be. But people can hit, hit the road. They need to buy gifts in the fall, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that, everything more expensive for gifts and, and shipping and all that. What do you think? What What do you think might happen with three percent year to year inflation? Do you think we click back up to I don't know because of fuel and delivery, uh, production? Do we click probably back up? Probably back. Probably back up to yeah. By, probably back up to five percent, Sergio. Yeah. And I would tell you that I'm expecting to see pretty close to four dollars a gallon in gasoline, which means we could be four fifty again in uh, diesel fuel. I hate to say it, but Remember that in the fall and the winter, diesel fuel is significantly higher than gasoline because diesel fuel, or it's actually hedged under the New York Harbor Ultra Low Sulfur Diesel Contract. Um, we used to call that heating oil, but that's a heating oil product as well. And so we use a lot of heating oil on the East Coast and not so much on the West Coast anymore. But we still had strong demand for heating oil um, and for natural gas and for those kinds of things in the fall versus what the renewables have. I can tell you, Sergio, I think, I don't know if I told you this last week, but my uh, my my electricity bill for my house, and it's just me, 2,100 square feet. All I ever have on is my TV and, and my computer. It's never anything more than that, and it's just one TV that I watch and, and uh, was uh, over $400 last month. And part of that is because the... Yes, the charge for that that my that my provider charges uh, has a high percentage or a higher percentage of the renewables, and they are more expensive than natural gas. Wow, man, you running your AC at sixty five all day or why, man? What's <laughs> such a big light bill? Seventy five. Seventy five. Seventy five hundred. Twenty one hundred square feet. Over four hundred bucks a month, and wow. I'm paying over four hundred bucks. Yes, sir. Plus yeah. my util- my regular utilities are another two hundred. So it's crazy. Oh my goodness. Let's talk jobs then. Uh, oil patch. Anything yep. that you're hearing? I, I know it, that's been pretty good for a while. The <clears throat> trucking firm still hiring as well. So what can you report yes, from sir. the from the oil patch? I can tell you from the oil patch, we're there's still pretty good demand going on, especially in the Permian Basin and in the Eagle Ford. Um, there is uh, some expansion that is planned for the second half of uh, 2023. So we're going to see, I think we're going to see a production increase, uh, which means that we're going to have greater demand for more jobs. Uh, now, I will tell you that these are the big companies that are doing this. ExxonMobil, Chevron, ConocoPhillips, yada, yada, yada. Um, they're the ones that are, are putting on more production. But I'll also tell you, we're also seeing more produ- uh, production efficiencies. In other words, we're getting more out of uh, out of each well uh, than what we have in, in traditional years past. And that's working in, in our favor as well, even though the Saudis decided yesterday with OPEC to continue their uh, production reduction program of a million barrels per day plus. In the event of a recession, which it seems to be off the table, you know, the minds of many people come, especially because the hiring is so strong and jobs are open everywhere. Oh, in, in the event we see something like that, you think Texas is 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 strong enough 
to in, to be insulated. You think Texas is insulated enough? South Texas insulated enough for us to really not feel any economic slowdown? Because around here, especially in the valley, man, we got things popping all over the place and jobs everywhere, and we got LNG now with five thousand jobs and, and more firms moving to the area. I think Texas and South Texas seem to be somewhat insulated. I think you're right, and and I will tell you that if you think of West Texas. Uh, from the standpoint of energy and and uh, Permian Basin, um, there is you know there's still going to be solid opportunities there. I don't see a slowdown coming there. Dallas is somewhat insulated because Dallas is a is a magnet type of city, as is Houston for some goofy reason. Both of those are are very strong magnet cities. And then the economic development. I love saying this: the economic development in the Rio Grande Valley that you guys have been so instrumental in. Um, you know, that is really paying dividends, and we'll continue to pay dividends for quite some time. Have a wonderful weekend, Amiga. We'll talk to you again from MatadorEconomics.com. Analyst Tim Snyder. Check out his regular newsletter, Matador. You know, like like uh, bullfighting. Ole! Yeah, MatadorEconomics.com. Time is 9.23. The Sergio Show on 710-KURV from the land of liberty and opportunity. We're in Texas, blessed soil, north of the river, USA, USA. This is the Sergio Show. Recent University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Report is showing an uptick. It seems that Democrats are happy. Independents are happier as well. Uh, Republicans still glum gloomy when it comes to economic performance consumer sentiment that is financial strategist steven patterson is my guest the report saw a consumer sentiment surge of about nine percent and people are buying stuff all over the place hiring still taking place jobs still available all over the place i know energy is still a bit more expensive right now but so what's going on steve why are things so positive everybody kept saying we got a recession on the way everybody kept saying that well, the reality of it is is that uh, it is a strong economy, even though interest rates have continued to rise. You're continuing to see new homes being built. You're continuing to see cars being purchased. Um, I think there is fear that, uh, you know, the music's going to stop soon. Uh, but right now, uh, if you look uh, specifically across uh, voter bases demographically, uh, there's a lot of positive uh, feelings about the current economy. And those interest rates that went up recently, mortgage rates, I don't know, about 6% plus. And I know credit cards are a bit more expensive right now and people are tapping out, but uh, inflation, inflation throttling back a little bit. But those interest rates, they're not deal breakers. In fact, we were reflecting on this at an economic summit, why was, uh, on an economic summit in the area last week with uh, local bankers and, and builders and uh, other folks. Six plus percent for a mortgage, man, that, that is nothing compared to 12, 13, 14 percent a couple of decades back. The cash is a bit no. more expensive, but still very affordable right now. It's not a deal breaker. No, it hasn't been. Um, and it gives hope that the soft landing for this economy is still possible, uh, though I think that they are beginning to push the outer limits of that. You know, mortgage, 30-year mortgage is now above 7%. Uh, five-year, 60-month car notes are well above 9% in some cases. Um, and so I, I think that we are seeing 
um, a situation where the Fed really needs to begin taking note. But um, the reality of it is, is wage growth is still happening. Employment is still strong. And consumers are still spending, though at a slower rate, they are still spending. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving forward, you know, ideally, I think the economy needs to see uh, spending slow again uh, for this third quarter of the year. Um, And I think, you know, leading into the September Fed meeting, which is their next opportunity to raise rates again, uh, I think, you know, if we could see a slow in consumer spending, then we wouldn't see another interest rate hike. Yeah. But uh, the economy has proven to be remarkably resilient. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, you... It's either you lay down and die or you keep fighting. Uh, and that's the way, that's the nature of business and capitalism. You got to keep fighting for every dollar. You got to keep pushing forward. You got to keep dealing and wheeling. That's the nature of the market. And I didn't even touch on computer chip issues that seem to have been resolved. And manufacturers very happy. Uh, it was Chrysler the other day, Stellantis, saying they had like a 37% increase in, in profits compared to the same time last year where they were in the, the middle of all the computer chip mess. But you know what I'm watching, looking for next year, pal, is the cyclical expected uh, tapping of the brakes as a result of an election year, right? I'm expecting that next year. The uncertainty and the slowdown in capital infusion and investment because they don't know where the political winds might be blowing in a presidential election. That's, that's very common, so we'll see what happens next year with that. I'll give you the, the final thought. No, I think that you're spot on. Um, I think that, um, you know, next year, I I think that we see interest rate cuts, uh, most Mm -hmm. likely, to try to spur economic growth in that election year. Um, And I do think that that cyclical nature uh, that we see in most election years uh, kicks in and maybe even stronger than normal because we haven't seen rates this high since 2000. All right. Hey, Steve, thank you so much. Financial strategist, director of client relations over at Key City Capital, our friend Stephen Patterson. This is The Sergio Show. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have an active shooter, multiple gunshots. Instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're listening to the best of the Sergio Show. Here's Sergio. In business news that you need to know, especially if you are a property owner or a homeowner, multiple homeowner, and perhaps you'd consider, well, maybe that house of ours on the island or at the lake or in this other Texas city, perhaps we should convert that into an Airbnb or some of the other online rental things. Well, I think if I'm correct, I think it was Dallas, uh, City Hall Dallas, that was leading the charge that in their city limit that they would say, no, your home, you, you can't do the Airbnb thing. You can't be renting your house. A few days back, Waxahachie. 
near Dallas, right? Like a suburb of Dallas. Said the same thing. Waxahachie became the latest city to implement short-term rental, you know, stoppage or bans. I'm not exactly sure what uh, the reason why they won't allow homeowners to, you know, profit from their homes. Pamela Knudsen is executive over Avalara, which is a company that helps companies uh, collect taxes, things like sales tax, use tax, communication companies, lodging. You know, if you sell alcohol, you've got to pay taxes on that as well. So that's, that's what Pam does. And I would imagine that on the rental, short-term rental, Airbnb side and other online communities that do this as well, you, you would help homeowners, right, calculate the tax. Or, or was it the tax issue, Pam, that eventually put um, the kibosh on this for Dallas, for Waxahachie, and probably others? Was, was a proper amount of tax being collected from Airbnb and other short-term rentals? What do you know, Pam? So taxes are, if you're registered, generally you're collecting the right amount of taxes um, because that's what the the taxing authorities look for is the correct amount of taxes and it's a a preset determined rate. Um, So it's typically not, you know, the non-collection of taxes that causes this as much as it is non-compliance and, you know, talking to full-time residents um, as well as the property owners to determine the best methodology to make sure that everybody remains good neighbors. Okay. That's the issue there. Neighbors don't want uh, their, you know, neighbors down the street from renting this for parties on the weekend for noise. And that's, that's what is it. That's what the problem is, right? Is that neighbors are are bugged by short-term rentals that become noisy, loud, obnoxious, right? In some cases, yes, that, that concept of a party house is, is part of the problem. Um, in some cases, you know, they're looking at short-term rentals to determine, you know, what other impact. Um, the part where I caution people is make sure that they're taking a look at this from a holistic point of view because, um, you know, when you decrease the short-term rentals, you have the potential to decrease the tourism into that community, which yes. then affects more than, you know, just that single property owner. It affects the businesses. It affects you know, the attractions, like everything that depends on revenue, and it affects the long-term residents because there's lodging revenue, there's lodging tax revenue that doesn't yeah. come in. So, therefore, the cost of services like the fire department or road maintenance has to be borne um, more by the long-term residents. Yeah. So, it's a greater burden on them. I would imagine that the Airbnbs, of folks staying at Airbnbs in Dallas, they just go outside. They'll stay in the burbs. Uh, I know Waxahachie probably was afraid of, of a flood of people coming in, so Waxahachie said, oh, no, we're not going to have any of the riffraff coming to town. But there's plenty of suburbs in the Dallas area that will be picking up, and, and that's reven- that's tax revenue that moves out of Dallas proper Correct. into the cities and the, the neighbors, and they'll be benefiting from, from that windfall because now all these homes could be rental properties just like like hotels, so the hotels out there and and the the Airbnb places will will get the benefit from this. Uh, has Dallas ex- the leadership have they expressed uh, second thoughts about banning uh, Airbnb and short term rentals within the city limit up in Dallas? You know, I don't know. Uh, I do not know what the Dallas leaders have thought or considered, um, et cetera. But. You know, it is absolutely something to be considered in, in the sense of, you know, the, the economic impact that mm-hmm. it will have um, across the board. Yeah. 
Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. They they just started up in Dallas, right? Banning Airbnb is that like a few months back. I think there's a yes, they're current like a moratorium to determine, which is oh, a I lot see. like what Waxahachie did. Is that it's a moratorium to determine what they want to do. There's a lot of regulations that can be put in place to help eliminate the issues that some neighbors are concerned about, like the party house piece. You know, with the technology that's available today, you can put noise monitoring like Google Home or Nest, Uh um, you know, into a house that will allow you to to monitor the noise that's happening out there that will allow you to see if there's, you know, more people outside or parking is becoming an issue or trash (laughs) is becoming an issue. I mean, that's all available now. Yeah, you could put uh, a a simple uh, doorbell cam or a yep. uh, mailbox cam plus a doorbell cam plus a garage cam looking outside. Yeah, you can definitely see if if there's trouble uh, at the property. There's, technology can help keep that up. I'll give you the final thought. Yeah, I think the big piece is really to keep the short-term rental you know, going. It's really looking at how can, what regulations make sense for the problem that somebody's trying to solve. Um, and so solving, using things like technology, making sure that there is compliance, that short-term rentals are necessarily, are permitted appropriately, are registered, and are collecting and remitting the appropriate tax is really a critical function to keeping short-term rentals uh, a viable part of a community. With Avalara, Pam Knudsen. Thank you, Pam. This is The Sergio Show.